In our study of Second Peter, we're ready to get into the second chapter. And the second chapter of Second Peter is a pretty heavy chapter. It's got a, a lot of, of teaching that's very, very important. And, and the more I looked at it, I decided I've got to preach the whole chapter in one setting. Well, a number of our people are gone this week. And I thought, I better save that until they get back. So what am I going to do today? Well, within that chapter, we have some references to Old Testament events. And uh, one particular caught my eye. And I thought, oh, great, this will give me a chance to do my favorite story sermon again. And that, of course, is the story of the talking donkey and Balaam and Balak. And I got all fired up and excited about it. And I, I called Nikki and said, you think I'd be okay? Oh, yeah, Dad. You know, the grandkids love to hear the story over and over again. And I thought, I'm good to go. And then I got thinking, you know, how long has it been since I've done that story? It's been two or three years, I guess. Well, I went to our website and I looked at the sermons and bingo, I preached it just a year ago. Uh, and I preached it two years before that. And I thought, that may be going a little too far with Balaam and Balak. Uh, even though I like it. So if you want to hear Balaam and Balak, uh, go to chathamchristian.org and uh, hit the sermons and punch in Balaam. It'll come right up and you can hear what I said last year. So Balaam and Balak is out. So I thought, now what am I going to preach? Uh, a story sermon. I, I want to do a story sermon for the kids. Uh, this is kind of a fun day, a little different day. I don't want to get too heavy. Uh, what else do we have in that second chapter in the Old Testament? Well, there's Sodom and Gomorrah. Bad choice. Bad choice. I say, well, we'll forget that one, too. And, uh, but fortunately, it had uh, Noah and the flood. And I thought, hmm. You know, in all the years I've done story sermons, I have never told, I don't think, the story of the flood. And uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's a story that everyone pretty much knows. And two, there's a lot of controversy about the details in the story. You know, what was the extent of the flood? When did it take place? Uh, there's all kinds of debate about that. And it's, a, it's kind of a minefield theologically. And I thought, yeah. But it was either Sodom and Gomorrah or Balaam and Balak or Noah and the Ark. So guess who won? Noah and the Ark. So kids, would you come down now? And we're going to see what we can do with Noah and the Ark. I really need the kids down here. They kind of uh, keep me loose, uh, keep me, try to have some fun with this story. And uh, I need the help of all my kids. All right. Good deal. Good deal. All right. All right. We're settled in and we're ready to go. All right. Kids, I want to start with a question. How many of you have seen pictures on TV during the last month or two of floods? You know what a flood is? When water is going over the streets and when water is in houses and, and people are in boats going down, down the middle of town. How many of you have seen pictures of that? Carter, come on. You've seen pictures of that. Yeah, you have. All right, yeah. We've all seen them. We've all seen them because there's been a lot of floods lately, haven't there? I mean, the hurricanes, this has been a, an amazing season for hurricanes. They've been everywhere. And one of them is, is down south right now, working its way up, bringing some water with it. We saw floods in, in Texas and floods in Florida and floods in, in Puerto Rico. And uh, a lot of horrible things happen in floods. Uh, have any of you had a, a flood in your house? Had water get crazy? Mm-hmm. 
and mess things up? Yeah, water can do that. Well, when you get a big flood, big problems come, don't they? I mean, not only does everything get wet, things get ruined, your house gets ruined. And worst of all, a lot of times people drown in floods, don't they? I mean, it's, it's pretty sad, the things that happen. And it kind of breaks our heart. And, and it raises questions in our mind because, you know, when, when an accident happens that's a bad thing, we realize that, that we caused it. Somebody caused it. When some of these things in nature happen, we actually call that an act of God. That's because we don't know who caused it. But we know God's in control, and so we say God did it. But that raises questions in our mind, doesn't it? I mean, why would God allow something to happen that's so bad? Why would God allow floods to come and destroy people's homes and, and drown people? Well, the Bible doesn't really give us an answer to that. It tells us to trust him, but it doesn't give us an answer to that. But, you know, I think God may allow it to remind us of something. To remind us of the worst flood that ever happened. A flood that happened thousands of years ago. We don't know exactly how many, but it was thousands of years ago. And it happened in a time when things are really bad on earth. You know, a lot of bad things happen today. We hear of horrible things taking place, and, and, and we're, we're horrified at what people can do to other people. Well, there was a time when it was even worse than today. There was a time when people had evil thoughts constantly, when they did bad things all the time. They didn't do good things at all. They hated each other. They killed each other. They, they stole from each other. They're, it was a horrible time. And it wasn't too long after God had created man and, and, and given to man this world. And he made a beautiful place for man to live in. And he wanted man to, to get along with each other and, and for people to love him and he would love them. And he asked them to just do what he said so that they could, they could enjoy each other. But people walked away from God and they started doing bad things and got worse and worse and worse. And then it got really worse. Because apparently some angels looked down on the earth. And they said, man, that's a cool place God made for those people. And the more they looked, they said, whoa, those women are good looking. Yeah. And the angels disobeyed God. They came out of heaven. Apparently, they, they took on the body of men and they married some of the girls on earth. Really weird. They had babies. But the babies didn't stay little for long. The babies grew and grew and grew and grew. Got taller than me. Way taller than me. They were giants. And the Bible calls them Nephilim. Weird name. They were warriors. And they were evil. They were wicked. So now we had a real mess on the earth. We had sinful people. We had sinful angels. We had sinful giants. And God's heart was broken. God said, I'm sorry I made man. Look at the mess they've made of everything. I can't, I can't endure this forever. But I love people. God loves us. The Bible says he wants everyone to repent and come back to him. And God said, 
I'm going to have to just blot out everything I've made and start over again. But I don't want to do it. I'll give them, I'll give them time to change their life and, and to get good again. I'll give them 120 years before I destroy the earth because it's, it's so evil. Well, during that time, when God was planning to destroy everything, he noticed a man. A man who was doing things right. A man who didn't get involved with the angels and he, he, he didn't disobey and he didn't hate people. And his, his thoughts weren't bad thoughts. They were good thoughts. A man who had grown up in, in, uh, in a godly line of people. His, his grandpa, his name was Methuselah. You ever hear Methuselah? Methuselah is the man who lived longer than anybody else on earth. He lived 969. I got my sixes and nines upside down. 969 years. And his son was Lamech. And Lamech lived 777 years. And as far as we can tell, these were real years. God let people live a long, long time because he wanted them to populate the earth. Okay? And... Lamech had a son whose name was Noah. And when Noah was 500 years old, he had a family. He had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Noah was a good dad. He took good care of his family. He worshipped God. And God saw Noah and said, maybe there's hope for the world through Noah. And so God spoke to Noah. And God said, Noah, the world is a mess. You know that. And I've decided I've got to to destroy everything and start over again. And I want to start over with you and your family. Okay? Noah says, okay. (laughs) He says, this is what you need to do. I want you to build an ark. And Noah's going, what's that? Well, it's kind of like a big boat. And he said, it's going to have to be a big boat because I'm going to destroy all life. All the men who live on the face of the earth are going to be destroyed. All the animals on the face of the earth are going to be destroyed. Now, we're not 100% sure what the face of the earth means. Since God was going to destroy just the men and the women and the angels And he's actually going to send the angels to a place of uh, prison and torture. But the people, the humans, everyone who breathed was going to have to to be killed. And all the animals that were in the area, at least animals in the area where the men were, were going to have to be killed. God says, we're going to have to start over. I'm going to start over with with your family and and animals. And so this boat's going to have to be a big one, a really big one. It's going to have to be... 450 feet long. Now, I'm not a real big football fan. And my daughter was just telling on me this morning. Because I was watching Carter play football, was it, a couple weeks ago? And he made a touchdown. Silly grandpa. I texted his mom and said, Carter just scored a goal. (laughs) I told Marilyn. Marilyn said, don't you mean a touchdown? Duh. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I don't really know football very well, but I, I understand that a football field 
is 100 yards. That's 300 feet. So Noah's going to have to build a boat that's 400 feet long. That's half again as long as a football field. And then I have to admit, I really didn't know how wide a football field was until this morning when I looked it up. But a football field is 53 and a half feet wide, right? All you football fans say, oh, yeah, we know that. Right, okay. That's close to 50 feet. Well, the ark was going to have to be 75 feet wide. So half again as, as big as that. So that's a huge boat. And God told Noah, I want you to build that boat. Now, it's going to take special wood to build that boat. And, and I want you to use gopher wood. I have no idea what gopher wood is. Nobody knows. It's not around anymore. But he said, I want you to build it out of gopher wood. I want you to make it in three levels. And each level is 15 foot high. Now, it's 15 foot from where you are up to there. So each level was going to be that high. I want lots of rooms, lots and lots of rooms in the ark. I want a window about mm, 18 inches from the top. Now, whether it was just one window or windows all the way around, we're not really sure. I think it was probably all the way around. And then I want you to, to get, get pitch. Pitch is kind of like road tar, you know, that black gooey stuff they put on the roads. Said, so I want you to get that, and, and I want you to coat the outside and the inside of the ark so it's waterproof. It's the same stuff that Moses' mom put on the basket that she put baby Moses in, in the Nile. And actually, it's really kind of interesting. The only time the word ark is used is when it's talking about the ark that Noah made and the ark that Moses' mom made. They are both waterproof. Said, so I want it to be waterproof. So get it done. Noah worked on it. We don't know how long. When he was 500 is when he first talked to God, apparently. And we're going to find out that when he's 600, they get in the boat. So it could be up to 100 years that Noah and his boys worked on the ark. Now, this is hard work. And it was kind of silly work. Because they're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no water around. And they're building this huge... Can't you imagine all the evil people were laughing at him, making fun at him? But you know, not only did Noah keep doing what God told him to do, the New Testament tells us that, that Noah preached to them. He was a preacher. He wanted them to, to, to come back to God. See, God doesn't want to destroy anybody. And Noah did his very best. He kept preaching and preaching to them while he's building the ark. And they kept laughing at him, making fun of him and his boys. And you know how hard it is when someone makes fun of your kids. But Noah took it all. He did exactly what God said. Even though I'm sure he didn't understand why it had to be built the way God said. But he did it. He did what God said. And finally the boat was done. The ark was done. And God said, Noah, it's time. One week from today, I want you and all the animals to be in that boat. Now, how many animals there were, we don't know. Again, maybe there were animals outside the area God flooded. I don't know. But whatever it was, all the animals that were going to be in the flood needed to be saved. And so God told Noah, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to save a pair of every animal, a boy and a girl, so we can have more. And in fact, 
I'm going to have seven pairs of a lot of them, most of them. All the animals that are used for sacrifices and the animals that apparently you can eat and the birds, I'm going to get seven pairs of them to come and one pair of the other animals, whether it's cattle or it's, it's beasts of some kind. I don't know if lions were there. I don't know what all was there. But everything that was in that area, at least, was going to have to get on the ark. Now, I imagine Noah's going, how in the world am I going to get that, get that done? Have you ever had a dog that you couldn't control? You know, you yell for him, he won't come, you know, and, and he just won't do what you want him to do. Well, can you imagine being told you've got to get all the animals and the birds and the birds and, and I guess the lizards all in the ark? And Noah's going, how am I going to do that? And God says, don't worry, I'll send them. That's cool. God said, I'll send them and they'll march right in the ark. Noah goes, Cool. Well, in that last week, they did it. All the animals came and, and marched right up the ramp into the ark. And Noah and his sons and, and his wife and their, their wives got busy putting the animals all in their rooms. And, and they had already been told they had to store up enough food to feed everybody for the long trip they were going to be on, the long time in the boat. And all the animals came in, got settled in. And then the last day, the end of the week, God said, it's time. All aboard. Noah and his family went in the ark. And then the Bible says something really neat. It said, God shut the door. Now, what's so neat about that is that Noah didn't shut the door. You know, I'm sure people were going to want to get in once the rain started. And if it would have been up to Noah, he probably would have opened the door. (laughs) and said, okay, come on in. But God shut the door. You know, there comes a time when, when God has to bring judgment. He doesn't want to, but there's a time when he shuts the door. And he says, nobody else can come in. Now, it happened thousands of years ago. And it's going to happen again in the future. Someday, when Jesus comes back, that's going to be the end. And people who have not accepted Jesus are going to find the door shut. It breaks God's heart to do that, but it's going to be done. Maybe, maybe God allows bad things to happen here on earth now to remind us that judgment took place in the past and judgment's going to come in the future. But not just judgment, there's also going to be people saved, right? They're going to be safe. God said, I'm making a covenant with you and your family. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to protect the animals. I'm going to keep you safe in the ark while the world just comes apart. After the door was shut, the rain started coming. Now, we don't know. It's possible that rain had never come down before. We know in the Garden of Eden, it was a mist that came over the ground. But when the door was shut, not only did rain start coming from heaven... It said the windows of heaven were open. Buckets of water coming crashing down. Also, water came from under the earth. The fountains of the deep were open. Have you ever been, been out to, yeah, what's the name of that place out west where Old Faithful is? Yeah, Yellowstone. Yeah, have you, have you ever been to Yellowstone? Yeah. Oh, you wish you had, yeah. Okay, well, in Yellowstone, there's, there's this coolest thing called Old Faithful. It, it's a hole in the ground. And, and they... I've been there twice. And we sat all around and we waited 
And all of a sudden, whoosh, water comes up. And everybody goes, yay, that's so cool. Well, when God is flooding the earth and those geysers are all over the place, that's not so cool. And I guess Old Faithful is not cool either. It's hot. But anyway, the water came up. The water came down. And for 40 days that happened. And the boat, of course, started floating. All the animals and Noah and his family are in the ark. They're all floating. Days and days and days. They float for five months. Holy cow. That's 150 days they were floating. Now, have you ever been on a cruise? Oh, you have. Oh. Well, I kind of like cruises, but I don't like being trapped on a boat. You know, to me, to me, all a boat's good for is, is to get me someplace else that I can see something pretty and cool. I don't like hanging around boats. Well, these guys were stuck on a boat while it was floating for five months. Now, I imagine things were kind of messy in there. All these animals, all these people, you're feeding all the animals. And after you feed animals, what do you have to do? Huh? Clean up after them, don't you? Yeah. They had their work cut out for them. We don't know how God handled it. Maybe, maybe he had some of the animals go to sleep. I don't know. But it was a mess. For five months. Toward the end of five months, God, he hadn't forgotten his promises. And he said, okay, I think I've done what needs to be done. All the people, all the animals, everything that breathed the breath of life. Now, fish, obviously, they weren't destroyed. But everything that breathed the breath of life. They've gone now. And so it was time for the water to go back down. And the Bible says God caused a wind to blow over it. And and, and it blew over the face of the waters and the waters went somewhere. So I, I think it was probably not the whole globe. I don't know. Whatever it was, he started the water coming down. And as the water's coming down, the ark got stuck in the mountains of Ararat. Now, it wasn't on the very tippy top of Mount Ararat. There's a whole bunch of mountains called Ararat, a whole, whole mountain range. And, the, angel, and the, uh, the ark got stuck there. That was kind of good. I mean, you get tired of floating around for five months. Well, they sat there. And they sat there. And they sat there. And after a couple of months, Noah could peek out and... In the distance, he saw some mountaintops. He goes, oh, the water's going down. I can see the mountaintops. And then he waited another 40 days. He said, I wonder wonder how far the water has has come down. He he couldn't see over the edges, but he could see in the distance. And and, and he said, I I wish I could find out. And and he said, hmm. He got a raven. A raven is like a big crow with about a three-foot wingspan. And he took the raven and he opened a window and he said, I'm going to let the raven fly out there and fly around and, and, and maybe I'll get some idea how far it is to the mountains. Well, the raven went out and, and ravens can fly a long, long way and they got big wingspan. And the raven just had fun. He just went out and flew around, never came back. Noah thought, well, that didn't help me any. So he took a dove. He said, maybe the dove will give me an idea how far the water is out there. He set the dove out. The dove went out and flew around and, and couldn't find a place to land. And the dove came back, and, and Noah stuck his hand out the window, and the dove landed right on it. Now, I like that. 
Because for years, I used to fly birds like that. I flew falcons and hawks, and, and I would have him leave my glove and come back to my glove. I think that is so cool. And Noah did that. He stuck his arm out. Boom! The dove landed on his arm. He brought it in. I thought, ooh, that's cool. Thought, well, I'll wait. I'll wait a week. He waited a week. He took the dove and sent him out again. The dove flew around all day, and that evening he came back, and Noah put his arm out. Boom! The dove came back, landed on his arm, and in his beak was an olive leaf. Noah goes, ooh, that's a cool sign. That means life has come back. There are trees. Things are green. Things are growing. That's a good sign. He waited another week, sent the dove out again. The dove didn't come back. Had plenty of places to land. Things are looking good. Noah's going, yeah, okay, this is good. But he was patient, and he waited. Another couple months, he waited. And then he thought, I wonder how it is out there. You know, he could see the mountains, and, and he knew the water was going down. And apparently, it says he, he took the covering off of the ark. Now, whether he took the whole roof off or just made a, a, a moon roof, you know, I don't know. But he took some of it off, and he looked out, and he could see that the water was going away. It wasn't totally dry. There were still puddles, Okay. But, but most of the water was gone. I thought, ooh, this is about, about over. But then he waited and waited another, another month or two before God finally said, it's dry. It's time to come out. It's time for you and all the animals to leave. So whether God opened the door or no opened it, it doesn't say. I'm, I'm guessing no opened the door. The animals came out two by two. Really cool. Noah and his family came out and they were so excited. The world was new. It was fresh. They were ready to start over again. And Noah, he wanted to worship God and thank God for keeping him safe. And the way they worshiped God in the Old Testament was they built an altar out of stones. And then they would offer sacrifices, letting God know that, that, that they love him and that everything belongs to him. They were giving him back what was his. And Noah took from those clean animals... That, that, that Noah had taken, and, and he sacrificed them to God, and, and God loved it. Because Noah recognized those animals belonged to God. And God told Noah, he said, you know, those animals are mine, but I'm going to let you start eating animals. You have my permission to eat meat now. Whether they've been eating it before, we don't know. I think they probably were. But he said, you can eat them. Now, they're going to be afraid of you. <laughs> They're going to run. You're going to have to hunt them. But you can eat them. Noah says, okay. All right. So now we've got the animals out. We've got Noah worshiping. The family is, is ready to get started. And, and God says, okay, I want to make some promises to you. You know, this has been a hard time. This has been really tough. And I want to promise you that never again Will I destroy the earth with a flood? Never again will that happen. There will always be seasons. There will be winters and summers. There will be cold and heat. There will be days and nights. You know, there are a lot of people today who tell us that, that, that the world's going to come apart and that we're messing it up. God says, I'm in control. Until the end of time, until I'm ready to bring a new heaven and new earth, there's going to be seasons. I'm in control. Don't worry about it. 
And then he said, I'm going to give you a sign to remember my promise. What was that sign? What was it? A rainbow. You got it. You got it. God said, I'm going to put a bow in the clouds. And when I look at it, I'm going to remind myself of the promises. And I want you to remember my promises. My promises are that I will take care of you. I will protect you. Now, again, some bad things do happen. People still sin against God. And God is going to punish sinful people who won't stop. Someday he's going to close the door again. But until then, we have the promise that God's in control. And even if bad things happen, we can thank him. When you see the rainbow or the double rainbows, aren't they awesome? Not only are they beautiful, they're reminders that God, what? He loves us. He's got the whole world in his hands. That's important for us to remember. And that's the message I want to leave with you this morning. When bad things happen, remember God is still in control. And he's made promises to us, and he'll be faithful. And he'll do what he says. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you.